Hi, my name is Mason Dukacek, and I'm the host of the Mason Dukacek Show. And I have with me today Hank Epstein, who is the president and co-founder of The Quality Coach, which is a consulting firm based here in St. Louis. And uh, for today's topic, I just want to ask you a little bit about some interesting uh, examples of waste and how it can be identified and perhaps prevented. Right. So tell me what you think. Okay. That's a, that's a, a great stimulator, Mason. Thanks. Um, so let, let me start by, by just giving a bit of an overview, uh, just so that people understand how much waste exists in their organizations. It's huge. So one of the numbers that, that I use to kind of calibrate me uh, to the waste that, that is present in an organization is the dollars of revenue per employee. And what I've learned uh, uh, over the years in my work is that normal organizations, for normal organizations, that number is like ninety dollars to $110,000. Now, compare that with the numbers for a world-class uh, practitioner of lean, lean technology. The number for them is like two hundred dollars to $350,000 per employee. So, in other words, the benefits of figuring out this lean thing and eliminating waste is roughly two to three times the return on your investment. Exactly. In not a bad move. Not a way. bad move. Not a bad move. Especially if you have a lot of employees. You betcha. You betcha. And, and for me, particularly, uh, a couple of things make this, make this whole lean thing uh, a lot of fun for me. Uh, one of them is the unusual kinds of waste that I discover. Because some people might that don't know better might just think, oh, this is just for manufacturing companies or whatnot. And it's, waste is everywhere. Waste is everywhere. I'm going to use a manufacturing example, but on another show we can talk about sure. specifically non-manufacturing, uh, non-manufacturing lean. The other thing that is particularly uh, uh, interesting to me about the example I'm going to share is that it connects to this business that we've been talking about, about meaning, that we human beings are stimulus, meaning, Meaning-making. Meaning-making response organisms. Yeah, thanks. So here's the story. It's a manufacturing organization, and what we're dealing with is a machine that compounds rubber, ultimately that goes into fan belts and those kinds of things. So there's not just rubber. There's all sorts of other ingredients, you know, that, uh, that go into the mixture. And the machine is programmed to, uh, you know, do certain steps and there are certain human interventions required. And when the human being intervenes, when the operator intervenes, he presses a button that tells the machine he's intervened, and then the machine continues. But if he's not there, the machine just sits. And what we're trying to do is to improve the cycle time of this machine, improve its productivity. So, of course, there's a whole bunch of us out there, you know, all the, quote, suits, you know, are there. And here's this operator. His name was Draylin, a really nice guy. Little guy, he's been there for 35 years. And of course, now all of a sudden, he's got all these suits running around him. And he's not a happy camper. He's very, very uncomfortable. So, you know, he starts the machine. We watch the machine. And it comes to the first place where he's got to intervene. No Draylin. He's not there. He's nowhere to be seen. We look down at the other end of this huge factory floor. And here he comes on a forklift doing material handling for his machine. 
Okay, it's like, whoa, what's this about, right? So of course, you know, the, you know, we were all making notes about things that the, you know, you know, this is all waste, an opportunity to improve, and what do we need to do about all this? So of course, we continue to watch the machine. We watch two or three cycles of this machine, and almost every time he's supposed to be there, he's off on this forklift. So like, I'm really, really. You I'd know, be wanting to know why. What is going on? You know. So, of course, uh, you know, things calm down a little bit. Some of the folks leave, and it's just me and Draylon. I said, Draylon, what's going on, buddy? You know, wouldn't, wouldn't you like to have somebody doing your material handling for you? You know, we got a material handling department. Wouldn't you like that? And he looks at me like a deer in the headlights. And he goes, Hank, no way. I said, well, what do you mean? He says, my job is to look busy. And I, I need to be doing something anytime one of these suits starts walking around. You know, the plant manager walks around several times a day, director of operations, my supervisor. And my job is to always be busy whenever they show up. That's my job. So there's his meaning. And the meaning is contributing not only to waste, but to a kind of resistance to some of the things that we might do to help him. So ultimately, you know, we worked with him and we talked and we, because what we wanted him to do when he wasn't on that forklift was to do certain maintenance procedures on the machine. That was another way for him to look busy. And once he saw that he could look busy in other ways that were more efficient and effective in terms of what we were trying to accomplish, it didn't have to be driving that forklift, then he was able to play along. So that's just one of my favorite examples of how waste can get introduced into a process. Well, I would, I would argue we've had, we've had conversations in the past, for those of you viewing offline, um, but we've had conversations in the past about, um, you know, the different um, generations and how some of the older folks complain about millennials and, you know, how they are always asking why and how millennials are always complaining that people in older generations are always saying because it's always been done that way. And, you know, there, I, I think that, you know, as, as quick as people are to jump on and criticize millennials for asking why, you know, there's a lot to be said for folks who are resistant to um, eliminating waste because, well, that's the way it's always been done. Oh, and yeah. I had a conversation, and I haven't shared this with you before, but I had a conversation with a gentleman I know who's owned a business for, well, I mean, I've known him for 20 years. But I kind of lost connection with him, and, mm-hmm. and out of the blue, he calls me up, and I probably hadn't talked to him in six or seven years, and he calls me up in the blue, and basically tells me the things that are going on in his business and short, long story short, his sales, he had a sales force and they were not doing the job and he didn't know what to do. And the reality was things have shifted so much from the days when he started his business. Where I mean, sales the industry people, has changed. Absolutely. Oh, so, and the way, and you know, the days of, of demanding that sales reps cold call and knock on doors and get appointments and make presentations. Like that model wasn't getting it anymore in his industry. It's not getting in a lot of them, you know, and we talked about, you know, the waste that he had. I mean, he's got sales, high priced salespeople who are knowledgeable, skilled, capable people, subject matter experts when it comes to his products and his services and how they can solve clients prospect or clients and prospects problems. But those people weren't spending their days engaged in that. They're sitting there and being, telemarketers that are doing a terrible job telemarketing, not necessarily their fault, but my point is they had to get through caller ID, they had to get through twice because the receptionist and the, the decision maker and, you know, for all the reasons. But, um, you know, the, the solution for him was he's like, I want my salespeople who are skilled, knowledge, and capable of doing things that require their skilled knowledge and ability. But 
I can't get them in front of prospects when those prospects are ready to buy. And there's a whole new, I mean, all kinds of different ways to do that through online marketing and, and right. pay-per-click ads and, right. and also and, and, and delivering that stuff. And he's not the only one that's had this. But you know, we had the conversation about um, turning his uh, sales force into creating a, literally a virtual sales force. I mean, sales revenue being a combination of closing percentage times the number of selling opportunities. I said, well, how many sales opportunities can your, can your salespeople deliver on a daily basis? I mean, if everything was perfect, let's say you got 10 sales reps, how many appointments can they go on a day? Let's just – it's not realistic. But let's say they could go on four a day. So realistically, the most presentations that your company can make on any given day is – 40 presentations a day, 10 reps, four presentations a day. That's, you know, pipe dream really, but we'll, 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 for the sake of discussion, 40 is the maximum. And if their closing percentage is hundred percent, which isn't going to be the case, but if it was the most amount, most sales you can make in a day is 40 sales, right? Yeah. Well, what if the number of sent opportunities was infinite? Mm-hmm. And what if you could create the ideal number or the ideal presentation every single time? Well, then you'd maximize. So we sat there and worked through, and you know, he his decision as a solution to that was to create a virtual sales force, where he said, you know, hey, these are the problems my customers have, these are the solutions we offer. So he made videos of the frequently asked questions, and to establish his company as subject matter experts, he made videos of the the should ask questions. Those are the questions that his ideal prospects and customers should be asking, but because they don't know what they don't know, but a salesperson would have given the opportunity. When he laid that out in video form, it addressed those issues, set, positioned him as subject matter expert. And guess what? It wasn't being wasted. High-priced talent and their time. They weren't spending their time doing things that could be done 24 hours a day, 365 days a year worldwide to an unlimited number of prospects. He was limited to 40 presentations the day before. Well, if people are watching his videos online from all over the world 24 hours a day, now that number goes from 40 to infinite. And he's only limited by his ability to direct traffic, which exists on the internet, to to him and to his site. Yeah, but well, I just thought that was a you know when you talk terrific. because you talked about use of, of waste in the manufacturing. Absolutely. You know when we people talk about lean, I, if if you're in a different business and you say, well, I'm not in manufacturing, I don't know that that you know waste is such a big deal. It is. It's a big deal. Yeah, it's a big it's deal. just a matter of look, where are you looking for it. It's a big deal, and it's a big deal everywhere. And 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 I love your story. And here's what I got from your story. In today's world, because of, of the, the instantaneous access to any kind of information we want, prospects don't want to be badgered face-to-face yeah. by some salesperson because they can go on a website somewhere. They can choose the features and benefits that they want, see roughly how much it will cost. And then if they want to talk you know, in more you know, technical depth, then they will make the overture. Uh, you, may, you may remember that we talked a little bit about one of the elements of two-second lean was making videos. So it's you know, learning to see waste, fixing what bugs you, and you know, making videos to show improvements. Companies that have been doing this have all of a sudden realized that the power of video extends beyond that. I have a client who with every product that they send to a customer, they send a video. Who's on the video? The guy who made the product and the guy who tested it to make sure that it met all the specifications. Do you know what that's doing to his sales? He starts talking to people and they, wow, you know, nobody ever heard of anything like that. 